video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch. Hello, when you want my name's Justin McLuhan. I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast. And this week, we have good stuff. Lots of stuff. Yeah, don't hang up. Please keep listening. I and mean, it's not one of those jokes like, we're just saying we have good stuff, so you'll listen, and we don't actually have good stuff. There's actually good stuff So, here. in the cult section, we have Giants and Toys being released on Blu-ray through Arrow Video. This is a Japanese film. I bought it. I watched it. It's fine. I actually watched this for the first time this week, too. For some reason, I thought you were like a big fan of this or something, and that's why you bought it. But, uh... I liked it. I thought it was interesting. It's definitely got that, like, sweet smell of success, sort of, like... It's like a satire, but it needs to be funnier and bigger than it is to kind of land its satirical points. I, I had no idea what was going on for, like, long stretches of this movie. Oh, wait, but... I gotta turn on the subtitles. There you yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There you go. And then I was good. <laughs> yeah, it's about uh, rival candy companies who want the most sales, and they will do anything to get there, which right from the face is a problem because you're like, who cares who has the most yeah, sales exactly. of this candy company? And that's the only dramatic meat within the film. I mean, it's I like the premise a lot. That's why I kind of checked it out. And I know uh, the director is like a pretty big deal and sort of like the Japanese avant-garde scene at that time. And I just like, I like the aesthetics of it. It's got like that cool late 50s. I agree with you. I think it doesn't maybe, I guess it doesn't really hit it as hard as it could for its satire but i don't know there's a lot about this movie that i like i guess it's one of those things i admire more than i actually like enjoyed watching the whole thing i mean i saw people give it like rave reviews so i it hit for somebody and it's been selling really well like this one has been yes yeah, almost selling out at this i mean point. speaking of stuff that's definitely gonna sell out right we have vci's the basher bar yeah mark we... didn't even know it existed until i was like have you gotten it in yet well our <laughs> supplier for vci stuff often doesn't like list it in their new releases until i tell them I'm like, oh, isn't there a new VCI release out this month? And then he's like, oh, yeah, there is. Here you go. So this continues the, I think it's under the Pearl River Collection, which is a label, sub-label, run by Michael Worth, an expert on exploitation, who was an actor and a director himself. He co-stars in U.S. Seals 2, the classic. And this has two films, which makes me question the whole box premise, because usually there's, th I think you need three films to make a box, right? And, and you'd think they would, like, put it in a box or something, but it's it's not a box. It's just what a Blu-ray. The <laughs> there's there's not even a slip cover on it or anything. It's just like it's just a really thin Blu-ray. I wonder case. if at the time they thought it was going to be bigger than it actually ended up being. I thought so too. I mean, when you were telling me about it and then I was looking into it, I thought for sure it was going to be like an actual like cool looking box. I thought VCI was like really up in their game with this one. They were going to like, no, and that didn't happen. I don't even think there's like much in the way of special features on this. Uh, there's like a little mini featurette and a commentary track, but I feel like I, I want to take Michael Worth aside and be like, come on, man, you got to really like... You just cover this stuff with special features. There's no reason for you not there to. There really isn't, yeah. Uh, so yeah, these are two films, The Prodigal Boxer and The Awakened Punch. I don't think I've seen uh, one of these. The titles keep changing. One of them is choreographed by Yuo Ping, and I remember it being quite fun. So yeah, I mean, that would have a recommendation. How much is it? Is it expensive? Oh, it's not too bad. It's like twenty six ninety five, I believe, for the eh, Blu-ray set. not too bad for it's two okay. movies. Yeah. yeah. Are you gonna Are you gonna pick? This oh yeah, up? definitely. I'm gonna pick this up. No, yeah, no contest. Yeah, you're a fan of this line, and you know what? These ones do sell. I know you say nobody's gonna buy this, but we sell like we sell a good handful of these releases. I remember when you got their first release, Leg Fighters, and you're like, oh, they're just collecting dust on the shelf. I, I think we eventually sold four or five of those. Though. I mean, I know they did a new scan, but like. 
I don't know what's going on with this company because, or what Michael Worth's process, is he remastering them? I was looking at Blu-ray.com and they gave it like two out of 10 on transfers, which is brutal. At that point, it's like, that's really bad. Just scan <laughs> it and color correct it like a basic color correct. And then you're done. Right. Or like, you don't, you're not going in and like removing all the hair and stuff. Are you? Well, clearly VCI needs a couple of, you know, DVD Blu-ray experts to come in there. And... <laughs> or non-experts who don't know what they're doing. Well, I would say you're an expert. I'm sort of like a, a... novice. I would love to make a box set and i wouldn't even know how to start to like get the box that i can put the stuff in maybe that's why they couldn't do it maybe they just didn't know how to yeah make a maybe box. i mean has vci ever done a box set <laughs> not that i can think of vci is such like a shady company where you're like wait oh yeah because they did all the mexican films and i'm like what they the did, hell with like nothing on those they're releasing a whole bunch more of those too they just announced dubbed only in english though new dubs somebody there somebody there is doing something but vci they had a mexican line for a while i remember looking at the libraries in toronto and finding like mexican films that vci put out so i don't know what's going on i guess they never really publicized them until now i though. mean don't get the vci mexican releases oh unless they're wait who did the batwoman one that was vci yeah and then they also did the remastered versions of mexican films with subtitles ah oh, so confusing so moving on we have the cool lakes of death called epics this is continuing the line of um erotic films directed by the woman yep. right uh nuchka van brackel dutch director and this one i believe was submitted by the netherlands as their best foreign film oscar that year <laughs> so i guess this one's a little bit more towards art house i guess than just pure erotica the other two look like they were just pure like softcore erotica films this one seems it's a little bit more highfalutin but i have not seen it but um yeah here it is so if you're looking to complete that collection but also if you haven't bought any of these films hold up because cult epics will be putting a box set of this out in like a month from now so. a month and they're doing single disc releases now yeah and i think they're just jamming all three of these single discs so we also have no reason being released by unearthed films this is an olaf ichtenbach film a guy that i, I some affinity for because he's like a special effects guy who makes really goofy gory films but then i looked and i'm like uh-oh 2010 yeah this is a recent film um i haven't seen i've only seen the burning moon from him but i quite oh, that was pretty quite fun. enjoy that yeah that's a hilarious film if you're what happened to probably his masterpiece uh what are the permutos lord of the dead it was supposed to come out from Ernest ages ago i thought so but i don't know what's going on with that and i'm not sure maybe this is a stopgap on the way to that or something i know i've actually had a dvd of this like from the original dvd release of this when it came out and i've just never watched it that's what i've never gotten around to but i mean they put a decent package together for this but if you've never seen an Ittenbach film, I would go back and start with something like The Burning Moon or like his earlier stuff that kind of gives you more of a sense um, of what he's about. Yeah. 2010 filmmaking. That like ugly digital filmmaking. There's, there's no charm there. I'm looking here and on their website, it says Permutos, The Fallen Angel, uh, to be announced. So there must be some issues. But I'm also looking here and on their uh, upcoming list, they have Grand Tour, Disaster in Time, the David Toey film that we played at Laser Blast. <laughs> yeah. No way. Are they putting that out? It says to be announced, though. So I don't know when it's coming out. You know what? I think I heard rumors about that now that you mention it. And then I completely forgot about Ooh, it. I'm excited for Evil Dead Trap on August 24th, 2021. Yeah, yeah. They're getting some good stuff now at Unearth. They used to just be like exclusively that sort of like american guinea pig or like uh, i mean that's what the guy likes but now they actually are putting out some real films yeah like uh they have a lot more ryan nicholson pictures on their slate mm. moving on we also have action usa wait a minute 
I'm, I'm having deja vu. Didn't this already get released by Vinegar Syndrome a couple months ago? I think it did, but that was a very super limited VSA release that you could only get through their website, and which you and I both managed to get, right? Uh, great release and great film. I'm a big, big fan of this movie, but... Um, eh, it's all right. Psh, I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I give it... Mm, seven out of ten. That sounds like I'm uh, I'm dirty. Nothing out of ten. No, three and a half out of five is is what I think I gave it. Three and a half out of five is a is a solid recommendation for, for me. For me, I just love the pure. I mean, it's a movie called Action USA, and for me, it just has that pure action you'd expect from the it title. It does not have Action USA. I wouldn't go as far as my friend said, where he was like, they should have called it In Action USA. I don't know, man. I mean, I know it kind of slows down here or there in the middle, but I think like. The first half hour or so is, like, almost pure action. It just goes from, like, one scene to the next to the next. I will read directly from my letterbox review. To call this a stunt show is a bit of a stretch because while there are some jaw-dropping vehicular set pieces that play out real slow to savor the goods, most of the big wows are limited to the start and end of the picture, with the rest of the running time being dedicated to watching a trio of characters, including one who gave me full-on Richard Ayodi vibes from Dark Knight, oh, yeah. drive across the state. And, that, and that's pretty much what it, yeah, for like a, a good hour. There's a lot driving. of driving, but for me, I think... I don't know. I just I just really love the action. When the action was there, it was just it was there and it was on point. And I love how many extras they I mean, they seem to like take over this Texas town at the beginning for like a lot of these um, stunt sequences. And they have like tons of extras and everything. <laughs> well, there's a whole chase sequence. Where it's just some random guy who doesn't matter being chased and crashing into stuff. Which is kind of what I like. You know, I like the absurdism of the the lack of detail of, or the lack of attention paid to, you know, like simple logic of storytelling, I guess, in service of just stuff. This is the same release that already came out with extra stuff. I think there's like one or two video Well, I believe it's missing one thing off the Vinegar Syndrome release, right? When MVD first announced this, because people were wondering right away, is this the same as the Vinegar Syndrome release? They said it is, except it's missing one thing. But... In lieu of that, they've added, like, one or two more things. Wait, wait, wait. Is it? I'm looking here. Oh, this is the DVD. I'm like, wait a minute. This says just as a theatrical trailer. The yeah. DVD has nothing on it, yeah. <laughs> the DVD releases they do of their stuff has nothing. It's all... They only put the features on. Oh, there's a behind-the-scenes stunts featurette, and that's the MVD exclusive. Well, I mean, I, I watched through some of the behind-the-scenes stuff on Vinegar Syndrome edition. It was pretty entertaining. Uh, they had some good special features on there. And, yeah, I just like this film a lot. I'm just, that's where I'm going to say. I, I have a great time I mean, with this. speaking of um, uh, value, I, I bet you the Action USA Vinegar Syndrome releases have dropped in value since the MVD release well, When out. I got it, I mean, I genuinely love it, so I'm glad that I got it. But part of me was like, ooh, I got this, like, super rare thing nobody else is ever going to have. <laughs> and then, like, two days later, MVD announces they're putting out literally the same edition. So yeah. speaking of stuff that has driving in it, uh, finally, MVD is putting out Steve Wang's 1997 martial arts classic Drive. Yeah, new are a big fan of this i know that i am a big fan of drive i love drive uh did you watch it i know you started I did, watching it. yeah i watched this for the first time this week because now did you watch the director's cut or did you watch whatever's on amazon Prime? i watched the director's cut i watched i watched the disc basically which looks as you said it looks phenomenal the transfer they've done on it is amazing and yeah i knew it was on prime and it was just the cut version we also have like an old dvd rental which was the cut version which is kind of the reason i had held off watching it for a while because i knew people really liked this it kind of became a cult film 
and I just knew there was a better cut. And I'm, I think you had told me there were rumblings about it being released for a while. Somebody had mentioned we that. had talked to Steve Wang and he was going to give us permission to show the movie on 35 millimeter if we organized a scan for him because there was only one print of the film. He owned it and he wanted to get it scanned. So they must have struck a deal with him because they scanned his print. Oh, yeah. And it looks beautiful. And and yeah, it's great that this finally has the kind of legitimate release that it always should have. Because, yeah, for the first time seeing it this week, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, like we were talking about with Action USA, or like I was talking about with Action USA, this is another film that just puts its like foot on the gas and does not let up from start to finish. Um, it's a great time. It hits all like those check marks of the buddy movie comedy. It's got those like sci-fi tinges where he's like, you know, enhanced to, like, to be some sort of like superhuman. Yeah, just to explain why he can do a bunch of like... Mark DeCasco stars in the film as a guy on the run being chased yeah, by a bunch yeah. of cowboys uh, who were hired by a Japanese firm because Mark DeCasco has like a bio engineer something in his chest that allows him to do like wire work and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, he basically can like jump farther than you should usually be able to jump. You know, it's all like proto Matrix type stuff where it's like people getting flown like way farther than they should have. I mean... I love how much ass he kicks and how, like, when he kicks somebody, they fly way, 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 way back, which is, you Yeah, know. this is a delight. It's sad that the movie was recut by its producer, given a different score, and I think it was an HBO premiere is how they released I think it. so, yeah. It really didn't get... I mean, even our prior rental of it, like, never moved. I mean, we had even... There was even... Uh, considerations about selling off our old rental until somebody who, uh, else that works at the store is a superhuman fan. A superhuman. Now, does fan he also it. have a bioengineered chip in his chest? Uh, suggested like, no, you got to keep this movie's great. And yeah, it is great. It's it's too bad Steve Wang never really directed much after this though. Nope, right? This was it. After this, he did some episodes of Power Rangers and a pilot for a TV show called Sirens yeah, of the Deep. it's too bad because he's got a lot of style. And beyond the style and just like the amazing action in it, there's a lot of weird touches in this movie. Like the whole the whole TV show, the frog TV show that's on, the Einstein frog. Walter the Einstein frog that they keep watching. Well, yeah, that's on in the background. That's funny. It's just got a weird sense of humor. I like the interplay between Mark Dacascos and Kadeem Hardison, who I always liked as a kid in The Sixth Man, which is a very funny basketball movie with him and Marlon Wayans. Man, so. Kareem uh, Hardison, really, he had an unlucky break that, like, all the yeah. films that he started, like, Vampire in Brooklyn, uh, Drive, like, they should have let, and he was very funny in them, and it didn't go anywhere, yeah. And he's good in this, yeah. Um, I guess my only minor complaint might be, I, as much as I love Brittany Murphy, I feel like her character was, I feel like they either should have not used her at all, or they should have given her a bigger part and let her be more of the action or be, let her be a bigger part of the action. Because I feel like they just introduce her and she's kind of this like really obnoxious like young girl. And you kind of see where they're going for. And then she starts to get involved with the action. But she can't actually, unlike Kadeem Hardison, who, you know, starts killing guys and becomes like a fighter sort of himself, even though he's got like no prior like fighting ability. She doesn't really get that. She kind of like handles a gun and shoots it wildly. And she's just like flailing all over the place. And then she just, they kind of just leave her behind. And I don't know. I just like, I either wanted more of her or less of her, but not that weird kind of like in between with her. I just thought it was kind of an unnecessary character addition. Apart from that, it didn't really hamper the movie because I still People love Brittany Murphy in this movie, Mark. They love her. But no, she's great. She's great. And this movie is great. And honestly, yeah, like... I'm a huge fan of 90s action movies, and I can't believe I never saw this. Because well, it was nowhere. That's why you never saw By it. By far one of the best. Yeah. But you've seen it. And you, like, there's a lot of people. Yeah, that, like, it was released in the UK, and that's where I'd seen it. And all the special features that were on the UK DVD 
made it to this Blu-ray. So like the commentary, the making of, those are all old special features from like 2005, I think, around yeah. there. Yeah, I know. I know you're. You say it's the best uh, action movie of the 90s. I, I agree. I would like someone to uh, give me a better one, Mark. I I will always always stand for Face Off. I'm sorry, Justin. Well, Face Off is pretty good. I, yeah, I mean, like, look, John Woo has done a lot in his native country. That's I thought you were uh, going to say something like Howie Long and Firestorm. I mean, Firestorm would be like number three, probably. I like Howie Long's big dumb face. I do like, and I like the cover of the DVD and the poster was always just him looking like he has to take a dump, basically. <laughs> Uh, I used to have a DVD of it. I don't know. I think I gave it away, and I'm like, I kicked myself ever since for giving it away, just because of the image of him. It on the feels like covers. MBD should release Firestorm. Like that seems like one of the. They should somebody because I think it's out of print altogether. It's like an old Fox title, so I think it's just out of print. Maybe it's on Disney Plus now. So uh, moving on, the last cult film is Saw on 4K. No, thank you. Not a fan of Saw. Spirals out now. So you don't even like the first Saw, eh? I do not like the first Saw. In my rankings of Saws, it's like right at the bottom. Yeah, Saw was one of those movies. I mean, seeing it in theaters as like a teenager, I I thought it was fun. I shouldn't be here! (laughs) But even as a teenager, I thought the ending was beyond stupid. And I like, I remember for weeks after just arguing with my friends being like, that ending where he's just like, he's just been lying in the the middle of the floor the whole time. It's ridiculous. That never would happen. I'm very pro Saw 4. Six and seven. Yeah, see, I didn't even make it that far. I never made it past. I, I saw four. I never made it past. I hear Spiral has no reference to previous saws and is very serious, to which I say, no, thank you. I know. All the reviews of Spiral just make me want to see it less and less. I have to say. It just sounds just like the Well, I didn't ones. like the last one that was directed by the Spirit Brothers, so I ain't going to like this one. And it's funny because this is a grotty looking movie, too. And yet, for some reason, they think it needs to be on 4K Ultra HD. I, they just want people's money. It's not It's not like this film is it. worth it based upon its, um, you know, visual beauty. But it's look, you know, it's visual So, stuff. moving on to the classic section, we have some Criterions, including Meritly We Go to Hell, a Dorsey Arzner joint, a drunken newspaper man, Jerry Corbett, is rescued from an alcoholic haze by a Harris, Joe and Prentice, whose love sobers him up. I don't know, people are really liking Dorothy Arzner stuff these days. She's definitely being, like, rediscovered. Uh, they put Dance Girl Dance out, and that sold pretty well for us. I remember when my friend saw the special features of Dance Girl Dance, he's like, oh, wow, Criterion is scraping YouTube now for special features. Oh, man, are they? <laughs> yeah, for like, um, you know, like documentaries from the 80s and stuff like that. Right, right. We also have Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I uh, still haven't seen this one, even though when we talked about the, I know, we talked about the wildlife. I was like, I'm definitely going to watch Fast Times before it comes out on Criterion. And I just never did. I'm sorry. It just never happened. I had it at home. I was like, you know, is tonight the night for Fast Times? It never was. It never was. I don't have nothing else to say revelatory that people have not already heard about Fast Times at Ridgemont High. This is a mainstream choice for Criterion. Yeah. You know, they got to fill those pockets. Well, this is where they make money, you know, so they can release more obscure stuff. So I asked uh, the head programmer of MoMA just on Twitter about a restoration of a film that has never made it to VHS or DVD, but they played five years ago. And he told me that... For uh, companies uh, to make a new print, it costs $5,000. For a restoration of an older film, so probably nitrate film, $200,000. Man. (laughs) Wild. That is insane. That's insane. Yeah. Who has the money for that? So moving on, we have That's Why We Do Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's Why We Do. Yeah. (laughs) Which has already been out on Blu-ray like three times. And I hear controversy. They changed the transfer. Oh, no, it's like more blue or cropped or something like that. Sure, whatever. I don't know, man. You need to find something to keep you busy in life, right? <laughs> like, that's what, that's what you know, keeps you busy. We have so little control. Let us get angry about yes. the uh, quality yes. of the motion pictures that we're watching. I, people listening are like throwing 
rolling their desks over. They're like, no! Our listenership is just rapidly dropping by the second. I mean, second. yeah, maybe they screwed up. It happens. Remember, did you ever hear about that Twilight Time re-release of uh, the Tom Savini Night of Living Day where they put a blue tint all over it? And it's like, oh, yeah. God. That seems to happen all the time, you know? Or removing tints from stuff which happens sometimes which like the original theatrical version had one and when they do the color correct they just whoop it's gone yeah. michael mann's been a bad uh or a good example of that right didn't they do that with thief they like changed the tint on that i think they put like, a blue tint they didn't put they? a tint on that one right so moving on we have they won't believe me from warner archives i don't know anything <laughs> about this <laughs> that was good i bet somebody says the title like that <laughs> like that <laughs> uh yeah this is a noir that i guess just has never been released before ever um, on di- on disc, yeah, yeah, I know. Ever, even in theaters, um, with Robert Young and Susan Hayward, I think. Yeah, and Jane Greer, Irving Pitchell joint. Hey, you're stealing my joint. I know, I know. It's just it has such a nice ring to Someone it. Someone recently was like, "Wait, can you say joint? Isn't that just a Spike Lee thing?" I was like, "Oh no, I think it is just a Spike Lee thing." Yeah, I think um, I don't think anybody else. I mean, a joint is like a, a word, though. <laughs> oh, whoa! Be careful, Mark. You're getting into dangerous territory. <laughs> It's just a word. <laughs> I mean, I smoke joints all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but because it's, I say joint, picture, movie, film. But Spike Lee made joint synonymous with film. Let's just give credit where credit's due. A flick? I think Robert Rodriguez wrote flick yeah, in a few exactly. of his credits. <laughs> so we also have the Bob Hope train keeps choo-choo going with Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not from Kino this time, from Warner Archive. Um, uh, who's a funnier director than Jack Arnold, the director of Creature of the Black Lagoon? And speaking of uh, titles I can't say, Boss. Oh, did he direct that? God, yeah. Starring Fred Williamson, right? Which was put out by VCI in like a special edition, I think, at one point. Bob Hope, man. Bad man. Bad man! I don't know. It's Bob Hope stuff. Yeah. If you're a Bob Hope fan, you'll probably So we also have The Yearling from one of our archives. This one's only interesting because it was directed by Clarence Brown, who was famously a silent film director. Uh, That's what he was mostly known for. I'm just looking at his credits real fast. Yeah, his last film was in 1957. And this is a Technicolor adaptation of a children's book, it looks like. Yeah, this is a very... um popular film for older people who grew up with it i mean they must be in their like 80s and 90s right this is a beloved children's classic i'll say that yeah this has been doing very well so moving on we also have two new shores la habanera from the douglas sirk collection what two films what the hell really early douglas sirk films here from his uh days in germany and from the early 30s we also have horizons horizons west Horizons. Horse! Oh, as far as I can see. Horizons. Uh, this is directed by Bud Bedeker. Keto is just like digging at that bottom of that Bud Bedeker just, hole. Yeah, every single one. Have they one. released the um, bullfighting movie that they that he uh, made? Which one's that again? I don't even know. I don't know. Every Bud Bedeker film that comes out, like, here's another one. Uh, this one sold very well, though. So either people just like Bud Bedeker and will buy anything that comes out. I think it's a noir western thing, right? Is that people will just buy any noir western that comes out. We also have Quantez. This one sounds fun. It's about a guy who comes to a ghost town. It's a psychological western. Never heard of it before. Me neither. Love the title, though. Love the title. Sounds futuristic. So we also have Tank from Kino. I'm not familiar with this film. Uh, This is a James Garner tank comedy <laughs> from the 80s i think c thomas howell is in this one well, as well james garner looks buff on the cover of this oh i know right er- early 80s james garner here uh yeah i don't know this is like an action directed comedy. by marvin j chomsky brother to the famed political theorist <laughs> right yeah of no course. that's not true <laughs> no i know <laughs> 
<laughs> imagine. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I don't think this movie was very well received ever. But you know, James Garner fans are out there. We also they, have Wild Geese too. <laughs> They're back, and they're wilder! And led by Scott Glenn this time. How have you been selling these ones? <laughs> None at all, I don't think. <laughs> None don't at think all, anybody. okay. I mean, I thought, you know, The Wild Geese is a very popular film, and I thought that maybe, you know, the love for that would spill over into Wild Geese 2, but apparently we not. We also have Scars of War, Vietnam, four movie collector from Mill Creek. Yeah. Now, this sounds like it would be, like, Italian exploitation stuff, but then when you look at the titles, you're like, wait a minute, Birdie? The Nicolas Cage uh, film by Alec Parker. Alamo Bay, Summer Tree, and Casualties of War. The Sean Penn, Michael J. Fox, Brian De Palma film. So, I mean, I guess they're all war, Vietnam War related. Um, yeah. You know, I like Casualties of War. It was a good film. Uh, I like Birdie, kind of. I don't know. Birdie's okay. It's got its moments. I have not seen the other two. I know Alamo Bay is a Louis Mal film. Um, I don't know. All these movies have been released on Blu-ray before. Um, from as just like Sony MODs, I think. And then Mill Creek, you know, after a certain time, gets the rights and just smushes them all in a four-pack. So I apologize if you bought all four of these movies for like $40 before. Now they're all sandwiched together. Yeah, you better apologize. It's all your fault. I, I spend all day apologizing to people for the things they buy. Oh, man, Cheech and Chong are back and they're still smoking. Still smoking. <laughs> well, this is really disappointing because this was actually supposed to come out on Tuesday, April the 20th. Or 20! And, of course, it shows up like a month late, so... So, throw it in the garbage. Nobody wants this. No, if you're not going to buy it on 420, what's even You a Cheech point? and Chong head, uh, I've never seen a Cheech and Chong movie. I'm going to be honest there. But I met Cheech and Chong once at the Toronto International Film Festival at the premiere of Steven Soderbergh's Che. Wait, how did you meet them? Like, were they in line with you? So, it was at the Visa... Remember when the Visa screening room had, like, if you had a Visa gold card or something, you could get into, like, the lounge beforehand, which was, like, in the basement? No, that never happened, because I never had a Visa gold card. Well, I didn't, but my friend's mom did. We all got into the Visa lounge, which is, like, in the basement of the Elgin Theater, where you could basically have a drink and hang out before going to your seats, instead of having to wait outside on the street and just who happens to be there in the visa lounge is Cheech and Chong and I went up and said hey and they were cool I got a photo with them and everything why'd you get a photo of them you don't you've never seen one of their movies Cheech, I mean I've listened to their stand-up and stuff like I've heard I just haven't seen their movies you've listened to like their records like Dave's not here man so if you were in a room with Cheech and Chong you wouldn't want to like go up and say hey no nah, not really because I'm like I have no real affection for them so I wouldn't bother them just because they're famous I mean I guess I like Tommy Chong more because of that 70s show though too oh right very funny on that so maybe it was mostly that 70s show uh for for leo but i like you know i like cheech and like you know the robert rodriguez can people still watch that 70s show i mean i watch it from time to time because i grew up with it considering that it's filled with like very bad people even Topher Grace is supposed to be, like, psychotic. You know the movie, it was Aaron Sorkin's debut, Molly's Game? And that Michael Sarah is a Topher Grace analog event? Yeah, I, I haven't heard great things about him. And then it also has the guy that, like, where is he now? Is he in prison? I don't remember. Well, um, Danny Masterson, we know, is a rapist and a creepy Scientologist, so that's... And we that. also have another Scientologist on that show as well? Yeah, who's that again? Oh, yeah, Donna, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. And she also played Carla Homolka in the Carla Homolka movie, so that's... 
that was <laughs> yeah so that's another strike against her right? um and then yeah we you know the actress who played Lori, she died remember she like uh, yeah like a drug overdose or something like that right and wilmer valderrama who plays fez is also a greasy gross he has a history of dating like very young young women like well i mean he went out with Lindsay lohan when she was like you know 10 years younger oh, where him. is that guy the guy who plays fez he's still around uh, he was on a network show for a while i remember turning on the tv once when i had like basic cable and he was on some like csi kind of like network. i have not thought of the classic character fez in a long time uh you know what fez fez is very funny though do you think that comedy holds up these days <laughs> i mean a... i still watch it from time to time it's still like still makes me laugh i mean the early seasons it got really bad in the later seasons but i mean those first those first two or three seasons are still like really funny i think fez has been on ncis naval criminal investigative that's service that's what it was since NCIS, 2016 right. and it's still going on right <laughs> that's like a simpson parody oh naval crime that show has legs though and spin-offs. so uh moving on we have billy the kid from oscilloscope this is a newer film have not seen it yeah it's a 2007 documentary which got a lot of like art house acclaim at the time because uh ryan gosling i believe is the narrator of it um and it's basically just uh kind of like the home movie diaries of like a kid yeah so it's like a coming of age documentary about a 15 year old named billy and he's just kind of like isolated and he basically just you know it's kind of like an awkward sort of coming of age thing i remember liking it at the time although i it's one i like really don't think about that much anymore so kind of a weird thing for oscilloscope to put out but it's very much in the oscilloscope wheelhouse like how they put out like Dear Zachary recently. It's definitely that kind of like artier sort of documentary from around the mid to late 2000s. But uh, yeah, they put a nice package together for this what one. What happened to Ryan Gosling? He just disappeared. Yeah, he doesn't really act much anymore, right? Like past Blade Runner? Yeah, because he did Blade Runner. He did First Man. I think the next thing is... He's going to be in the Wolfman film directed by, it's a Blumhouse production, Lee Whannell. I think he's just in a position right now where he doesn't have to work that much. You know, he kind of just gets his pick whenever. Yeah, or was he thrown into movie jail? He's like, everybody was so mean about La La Land. Fine, I won't act anymore. You know, I think he's just doing him. I think he's just You know what? He gave us uh, Hercules, young Hercules. He gave us Breaker High. Yeah, he doesn't need to act anymore. He doesn't need to act. That's all I need. Canada's own Ryan Gosling. Mm -hmm. So we also have coming to 4K. Back. Bus that wouldn't slow down. That couldn't slow down. (laughs) I love that movie. (laughs) It's speed. It's speed. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty typical choice for 4K Ultra HD. I mean, I love speed. Yeah. It has no cruise control, though, the superior speed. No, and it's funny. When they first announced this, they were listing it as the Speed 2 movie collection in UHD. So I was like, ooh, they're putting Speed 2 on this uh, also. I have the perfect Speed 2 movie collection. It's Speed and the Heat for some reason. The <laughs> Melissa McCarthy yeah, Blu-ray. Okay. Are you a Speed 2 fan, by the way? Uh, I remember nothing about Speed 2. I remember enjoying it as a, as I remember a at the end the boat like crashes it does, yeah. into land. <laughs> Very slowly, though, which is hilarious because it's called So we also have, and this needs a upgrade Shrek <laughs> somebody once, once told me the world, world was gonna I know yeah. Smash Mouth is cancelled now remember they were like anti uh, COVID people I mean, well, pro-COVID people. You can't really... Oh, yeah. Yeah, didn't they have a show or something? Yeah, they and, were yeah. a part of that show that supposedly spread right, COVID throughout the United was. States. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that tracks. Um, but you can't really have Shrek without Smash Mouth. So yeah, I mean, they could have easily replaced them with like... Counting Crows or Pearl Jam or any of the <laughs> you other bands. can't do that, no. Um, I remember seeing Shrek in theaters as a kid and actually not enjoying it at all back then. And that's it. That's it. That's all. I never saw any of the sequels. I remember liking Shrek 1 
And then having no real interest in Shrek 2 or 3 or any of those. How ones. many they've done at this Puss in Boots, you know? I think Puss in Boots is good. <laughs> sure, yeah. So now it's out on 4K. How are these moving, Mark? Uh, not as well as Saw, I'll say that. Really? <laughs> or Speed, for that matter. Um, I don't know. Shrek, Shrek, I mean, it's a massive film, right? It's one of the biggest family films of, like, the last couple decades. Do people like it unironically, I don't think people though? like this un- I think people like to talk about it unironically, but I don't think anybody... I don't know. I... I don't know who enjoys Shrek anymore. I like talking about Shrek as a joke. Talking about the time Regis Philman showed up on David Letterman uh, dressed as Shrek. Have you seen that clip? I think Shrek is just like to be mocked now. But I don't know if people like actually sincerely enjoy Shrek. I'm sure Some they people do. people do. It was big on Broadway. Remember the musical? Oh, yeah. I think this is still big with families. I'm sure this. <laughs> this is this is fine. This I'm is sure fine. people still love Shrek. Genuinely love Shrek. It's fine. Shrek is fine. That's that's all I have to say. <laughs> so moving on the new stuff. New, 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 new stuff. New, new, new. All right. Well, I'm gonna blaze through this list because we've got something big to talk about at the end of at the end of this. Quickly, we've got the Marksman, the new Liam Neeson movie, which I saw and is frankly kind of Mark. Boring. I don't. I know. I know that like if I had to guess, this would be something you would watch. But I know you're not going to enjoy it. No, I know. It. it was bad. It's directed by one of like Clint Eastwood's assistant directors or something. It definitely has that stodgy Clint Eastwood kind of feel. It's just boring. It's like there's like barely even any action in it. He's supposed to be this like great marksman. And he only like he starts marksmaning people in like the last 20 minutes. It's brutal. Uh, then we've got Land, which is the directorial debut from Robin Wright, where she also stars as a woman who moves off the grid to Wyoming. Uh, we've got Our Friend, which is with Casey Affleck and Jason Siegel and Dakota Johnson, and she's dying of cancer, and it's about how Casey Affleck, I believe, is such a – or Jason Siegel is such a good friend to them as – to that couple. Oh, I was going to say, like, is this like his apology tour where, like, he's making movies about how Casey Affleck's so great yeah, yeah, right. and everybody loves Casey Affleck? Casey Affleck made a film that he directed and starred in where it was, like, post-apocalyptic, and he was d- protecting a young woman. I know. from He was protecting his <laughs> daughter from like you know from the world from like you know evil men out there i'm like dude is this is this are you really the person oh it came out light of my life i didn't even hear about it did we talk about it on this podcast i think we did i mean it, we have it at the store so it came out in the last couple of years uh but yeah this is based on a like big new york times article or something that was like a real story anyway i don't know it's like sentimental sappy shit uh, we've got Justice Society World War II, which is another animated DC thing, which I don't know anything about. I have about. no opinion on it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> and then we've got The Obituary of Tunde Johnson, which actually looks pretty interesting. It played at TIFF a year or two ago. Uh, it's kind of like a time loop thing where a young black gay man gets shot by police and he kind of relives that day over and over again. Obviously getting at a lot of things like police brutality. I hear really good things. Uh, I haven't checked it out yet. Uh, we've got Lapsus, which is another interesting film. I saw this at Fantasia last year, which is kind of like a low-key sci-fi thriller sort of like a primer-esque type thing about a guy who goes to take a cabling job out in the woods and gets involved in this sort of like weird community of like cablers for these massive corporations it kind of turns into this capitalist satire it's interesting stuff though it's kind of like part thriller part sci-fi part satire um yeah i would recommend it and it's directed by a guy noah hutton who's been doing a lot of documentaries before about sort of like the oil industry and stuff like that so he's got a lot of like background knowledge of it otherwise we've got the columnist which also played at fantasia last year but i missed it about a i think it's a dutch film about a 
columnist who starts killing people who uh, start trolling her articles or something like that. Uh, I don't know. I heard some good things. We've got The Salt of Tears, uh, which is the latest film from Philippe Gorel, who is a big French director. Uh, it's another one of his films, also shot in black and white, which he seems to be doing lately. We've got Nina Wu, which is a very cool movie. I saw this one. Uh, it's from Midi Z, who is a filmmaker from Bur- a Burmese filmmaker, who um, basically, this is a very kind of like Mulholland Drive-esque type film about an actress who leaves her, her hometown to become an actress in Taiwan, and she gets like a big part and a big sort of like spy thriller, but then things kind of go awry, and you're not sure what's real and what's not. Big kind of like David Lynch, Mulholland Drive uh, energy for this one. I really liked it. I think it's really cool. And Midi Z is like a really cool director who's finally starting to get known um, beyond like outside of his homeland even though he's been making movies for like a decade at this point. So uh, otherwise, more foreign stuff. We've got Song Lang, which is a Vietnamese film about an opera singer. We've got Twilight's Kiss, which is a film from Hong Kong about two older men who are in a relationship together and kind of like goes through their day-to-day lives. In documentary, we got Some Kind of Heaven, which was a really acclaimed doc about retirement community in Florida that Darren Aronofsky produced. Uh, I've been hearing really good things about this one. And in other stuff for old people, I guess, <laughs> so not to be offensive here, we've got Senior Moment, which is a dumb looking comedy starring William Shatner, Gene Smart and Christopher Lloyd all yucking it up. And then we've got another couple docs. We've got Martin Margiela in his own words, which is a documentary about the fashion designer. Susie Q, which is a documentary about Susie Quattro, a female rock singer from the 70s. We've got We Are Little Zombies, which I hear is really fun. It's a Japanese film about four orphans who form a rock band or a punk band together. And uh, we got a couple horror films, a Canadian one, The Curse of Audrey Earnshaw, and a dumb-looking Guy Pierce like exorcist type horror movie called the seventh day did you watch it no i didn't get around to this one it looks kind of you know interesting in a bad way i saw it was produced by uh, the cinestate people after oh no uh, yeah it's a i think it's a cinestate production dallas sonia's name on it or sonia's name on it um I don't know. I mean, I was kind of interested because I like crappy DTV horror movies like this, but I don't know. The Exorcist thing just seems to be like so overdone lately. All Sinistate had to do was not to keep hiring a guy that was a sexual predator. They could be right wing and they could be like, maybe we have no politics. And people would still keep watching their movies. You couldn't do it. They couldn't they do couldn't that do one it. thing. Uh, I don't know if you read that article that Spin, I think, did with him. That interview that Spin did with him. Oh, it's so stupid. I saw that uh, Dallas Anya was like, Midnight Madness, it just turned us down left I and know. right. Uh, Colin Geddes, who was programming at the time, was like, what is he talking about? That I never, never sent happened. that email. <laughs> we programmed their movies like four of their other movies at the festival. So like, what is he talking about? Uh, that article was really stupid and really tone deaf because like, yeah, they go into like, his conservative sort of leanings a bit, but in a really like soft way, but they don't touch at all on any of the controversies like with, with Adam, they don't bring up the Adam Donahue thing. They don't bring up like any of the sort of like sexual misconduct stuff like at all. So the thing that essentially tanked his public persona doesn't get mentioned No, they basically, the writer just basically is like a big fan of his. Uh, They just talk about the fact that he makes movies for like anybody in America, despite like he's not concerned with politics, but he wants to include everybody. Like he's clearly concerned with politics. Like he watches movies. He says that he says that, but I mean, they don't go into it at all. It's basically just stated as like a fact. And then it's like, okay, well, 
I don't know. It was like it was a, fl- a weird fluff piece. All right. So finally, the last movie, the thing that Mark has been racing to only important film on this list. No, I'm just kidding. But definitely the most important new. Send film. it. It's this week's blind by. This week's blind by. Blind <laughs> by. What is send it? You might be asking because I wouldn't blame you for not knowing what this film is at all because nobody knows what this film is. Justin couldn't even find a copy of this online to watch. He had to actually take the DVD. No, I, I was like, I'll rent it on YouTube or like straight. No, it's not available anywhere. Nowhere. So, I mean, maybe you'll know about this film if you're a big kiteboarding fan, because that's really <laughs> all that this movie is about. It's basically an advertisement for the sport of kiteboarding, starring some famous actors. It's got Michael J. White is in there. Yeah, for the two days he was on set. Uh, Richard Branson himself makes a makes a cameo. For 20 seconds as himself at the end. And none other than 2 Chains makes a musical appearance. So we talked about Rad a couple weeks ago. This is essentially Rad, but replace it with kiteboarding. Basically. Yeah, and, you know, automatically that makes me love this movie. It stars a guy who looks a lot like Zac Efron, like a bizarro world Zac Efron, who's like the best kiteboarder in his small, like, Texas town, I think, or something <laughs> like that. They have a whole kiteboarding facility that they, <laughs> they can practice whole, in. Basically, he's like the best kiteboarder there, so he gets sponsored to go to, like, the National Kiteboarding Championships. Wait, wait, wait. People may ask, what is kiteboarding? What is kiteboarding? Well, kiteboarding is kind of like, you know, you're on a, it's you're like on a surfboard but you are like holding a bar that's attached to a kite that's being dragged by a boat i think so that is it being dragged by a boat or i thought it was just the air is taking it i thought the i thought there was a boat that was getting them off no is that not happening i thought they I were thought just sometime. maybe the boat gets them off <laughs> this film doesn't make it clear like it's a competition and we're like what is the comp-? like i guess they just do a move and like that gets rated by judges i know we spent like an hour and 45 minutes watching this movie and i still don't really fully understand the sport of kiteboarding other than they just do cool tricks off of like ramps i guess in the water and, and they also these... grind there's like grind rails that they'll grind yeah down. there's yeah. a lot of grind it seems cool i mean I, it seems like a cool i mean did me and uh mark look up to do some kites boarding in toronto of course we did we did. <laughs> we did you know and i would be not i would not be opposed to trying this out at some point have you ever have you ever got on a surfboard or skateboarded i've tried skateboarding I'm not good at it at all oh i can ride a skateboard i can't ollie or anything like but i can ride it so i can balance myself on i it. tried water skiing once and i was terrible at it when i was a kid I remember I was at a summer camp and it was the owner of the summer camp was driving the boat. He became obsessed with getting me up on those water skis and I could not do it. I did it like 30 times. It would just be like, oh, I'm getting up, I'm holding on. And then wham, I would slam my face into the water. Yeah, that was basically like me. I was at a friend's cottage and they were doing it and I couldn't get up for the longest time. But then I finally got up for like... 20 seconds max and but i was all like you know how when you're water skiing you're supposed to be like hanging back and you're all like cool i was like forward being pulled i was like i was like the worst i was the worst water skier how are you supposed to do it i don't understand i would see other people that were i was with and they'd be like doing it with one hand and I'm like, i don't know how people do that so I, I probably wouldn't be good at kiteboarding but anyways this movie kind of proceeds the way you would think this guy goes to the championships in i think it's north carolina there's a big party there and everybody's like into kiteboarding they make it seem like kiteboarding is a very big sport Everybody loves kiteboarding. It's a huge deal. And you know how these things go. So he leaves behind this girlfriend in his hometown who's basically like, you're never going to amount to anything. Like, you're actually going to try to... Yeah, kiteboarding's not a real profession. I I don't know. I I would probably agree with her. (laughs) Yeah, I probably would too. I love how she says this within like... It's basically like the second line of dialogue in the film too. Like, it's right off the top. 
So he leaves her. He meets another girl who's like this spunky sort of like hitchhiker, free spirit girl. Uh, they, you know, they have their romantic complications. And then you just get a bunch of like the other kiteboarders there, some of who are real kiteboarders and some of whom are just actors. I don't think uh, like Johnny Wind is a real kiteboarder. <laughs> no, no. Or the Skeeter guy, um, Skeeter, whatever his name is. There's also like a French guy who comes over who's like the world kiteboarding champion. And he's like a really like typically douchey, like American idea of a French guy. Oh, <laughs> there's a lot of anti-French sentiment in it, which is, you know, funny to me. But yeah, so this movie, obviously it proceeds exactly how you think. There is a brief sort of interlude in the middle where there's a Two Chains concert, since I guess they... <laughs> yeah, you get to go see a Two Chains concert. <laughs> yeah, and in the scenes before, the amount of times they say Two Chains. Like... Oh my God, they're like so excited about going to Two Chains, talking about meeting <laughs> yeah, Two Chains, who never actually appears in the movie beyond being on He's stage. He's just on stage. They have some guy who's like his like assistant or manager or something show up, but like, yeah, Two Chains himself is is just on stage and then yeah there's other funny moments like you know the lead zach efron guy is also like really adept with his like a guitar ballad so he serenades the his love interest at one point the really hilarious kind of song but yeah basically it just this movie just exists to show off kiteboarding you know it just hits that perfect note of like cheesy bad movie it takes itself it's just so sincere and sentimental that like I had a huge smile on my face the entire movie watching it <laughs> from the second it started. Oh, me too. Throughout the entire movie. The only thing where this film lands on its face in the water is the climax is nothing. Like you're like, oh, I guess it, it's over now. There wasn't much suspense. Well, much like Rad, you know, they have like the main competition, but then there's like the amateur tryout before and whoever wins the amateur thing then gets to participate in the final competition. So our main man, our Zac Efron guy, win obviously wins the try the amateur thing and gets to perform, just like the guy in Rad does. But then you get to the big climactic sort of day, the perform the uh, the competition, and yeah, it doesn't really you don't really see much. It like just, there's no movie needs to pull off. There's no like thing that he needs to go over. He yeah, just, you just see a bunch of like random. Do we footage. see him even do his thing? I, I don't even remember. I think you just see a bunch of random footage of kiteboarding, and then it's just over, and then it's at the ceremony, and they have the big like, oh, is he gonna win? And then he doesn't win. But spoiler alert, they give him the. Extreme, extreme air. No, award iconic air award. <laughs> the iconic air award, which is basically yeah, like, like most improved. We couldn't really give you the top prize, but you know, you really blew us all away, kid, for being some dumb kid from Texas. I mean, so. Richard Branson then gets on the phone and he's like, "I want him on my team." And then there's a crazy, yeah, crazy final scene where I guess Richard Branson is either a big fan of kiteboarding or there was some virgin money in this or something. But yeah, there's just a scene of Richard Branson calling from his like home and wherever whatever tropical paradise he's at being like i've just been watching this kiteboarding thing you better sign this kid pronto this uh movie posits a world where michael j white owns a kiteboarding based bar where they watch a kiteboarding tv channel yeah there's actually a kiteboarding network apparently in the u.s <laughs> there's there's definitely not a kiteboarding u.s network but they really want to make kiteboarding happen it's one of those things it's like you, you can tell they want to make kiteboarding happen i'm not sure kiteboarding is going to happen though based on this i movie. love the end where it like shows all the people it's like oh look at the famous, <laughs> yeah, all kiteboarders. These famous kiteboarders who will remain not famous i guess baba yaga yeah, baba, baba yaga, yaga too <laughs> 
But you know what? <laughs> to to me, this was the perfect kind of movie. You know, not I don't think this will make kiteboarding big at all anywhere. But you know, in my heart, it's made kiteboarding something. Oh, I love it. Has iconic cover art that looks like it's straight from the '80s too. Oh man, yeah, and it's just like it's. Oh, and it's. We didn't even talk about the lingo, right? Which basically. Oh yeah, because they're like, oh man, what is it? You took a. You took a. It's a like yard a yard sale. sale. So basically, if you wipe out making a jump it's called a yard sale so they're all like you totally yard sailed on Supposedly that one. that's something that like skiing as well they'll say that like that's a yard i sale. guess so yeah and then i guess the title alone send it is apparently a kiteboarding term so Did they when say you're it in the movie like, I, I missed it if they said it i think they say let's send it a couple times um it was very confusing for me though as a reality tv show fan because there's a tv there's a show called summer house which is basically about a bunch of like rich new york kids who like party together in a house and they say send it all the time when they're gonna get drunk so they're like that they're gonna jump on their kiteboard yeah whenever they start partying they're like let's send it so that's how i always kind of knew send it but there's no kiteboarding references in this show at all like they never even get the yard sale thing because like why is a yard sale falling on your is the root of it because you're poor so you need to do a yard sale to make money which would be considered a face plant i looked it up and it just said like yeah it was a kiteboarding yeah, term it just said the expression it didn't give the root of it like what it means what the context of it is we didn't even talk about speaking of reality tv denise richards is horny in this oh, movie denise richards yeah she plays kind of the stifler's mom character in this movie uh, and she gives big Real Housewives energy off because she was just on Real Housewives in Beverly Hills for a couple seasons. With Mark's and I good friend? Definitely. With my good friend. Um, and I definitely think she was trying to do – I mean, she left that show in a contentious way, kind of like hating everybody on it. And I definitely think she was trying to do some impressions of certain uh, Housewives ladies. I feel like she was going for a bit of like a housewife thing, but she is very horny in this and very, you know, Stifler's mom asking this. Yeah. So that's So funny. send it. Gets our biggest recommendation though, right? Two big thumbs up. Honestly, I give this a big two thumbs up. If you just want like a fun, just much in the way, like obviously Rad is a better film, but much. Oh, Rad is much Much better. in the way that Rad put a big smile on my face. Send it also put a big smile on my face. More so because of how, like, ridiculously stupid it is a lot of the time and how, like, hilarious the dialogue and the acting The dialogue is. feels like it was, like, auto-translated at times where you're like, what did they say? Oh, my God, totally. But, you know, and it does feel like it's weirdly dubbed over at times, too, I thought. But I don't know if that was... Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed this. I thoroughly enjoyed so this. So send it so. seemingly a lost film because you can only get it on DVD? Yeah, I guess so. this just went straight to DVD by Lionsgate. They put it out. There's not even a Blu-ray. It's just DVD only. I don't think there's any features on on this or anything from what i watched it's just the movie so yeah i think this is like a true like dvd only exclusive right here i don't think anywhere else has this i don't know if you can stream it anywhere i think i mean it must be on some sort of vod platform somewhere right no i no? checked like i looked at places like just watch and letterbox usually lists where they're available and i couldn't find it so maybe it's out there but i, I wasn't able to discover Weird. it well definitely Pick this one up on DVD. I'm telling you, you will not. If you like cheesy bad movies, especially sports themed movies, which are a big, which are a big favorite of start mine. Start your summer out right by sending it. Yeah, sending it. It's a perfect way to start the summer. You're right. You're right. All right. So that's it for the Bay Street Video Podcast. No updates. Same old, same old. Same old, same old here. Curbside and shipping. Give us a call. All right. So until next week, my name is Justin McClue. I'm Mark Hansen. Send it. These movies and many more are available at your local video store. And ba make sure you don't, you know, have a yard sale or anything. Or do, don't no, yeah, do, don't yard sale. Don't do a yard sale or whatever they say.